Welcome to the June 13th, 2019 meeting of the Science Fiction Club. Oh, I thought that was a baby at first. Uh, anyhow, um, where were we? Oh, we were saying welcome to the meeting, and then uh, whoever wants to go. Marshall, you haven't gone for two months. You have something to read this month? Do you have something to talk about, anything? I do. I'm not meaning to put you on the spot, but I figured since you haven't been you haven't had anything for two months, I thought maybe you would want to go first this time. Okay, I read Tomorrow's Kin by Nancy Kress. Oh my gosh, I did too. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, well, well, this that, will be interesting. Um, actually, that's yeah. good in a way. Yeah, go it for it. It will be inter interesting to compare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. The story is about a geneticist and her family who are involved with some aliens that are trying to find a treatment for a cloud of spores that is approaching Earth. And I didn't particularly like the first half of the book because they kept switching back between her and her son. And it seemed like about every three minutes they'd switch the point of view of the book and it got really confusing. And then eventually he uh, turned into an alien, which you'd have to read the book to understand. And then it got a little longer, and I could understand what was going on. And on that part I enjoyed. But mm. I don't think I'd recommend it just based on the first half of the book. I think if, if they extended the duration of time that, or of the viewpoint, then it would be better. But flipping back and forth every, it seemed like every three minutes they flipped back and forth. Mm. And I didn't particularly like that. But I'd say it was an okay book except for that. Is that on Bard or Bookshare? That's or Bard? on Bard. Oh, okay. I don't know if it's on Bookshare. Oh. And it's the first part of a multi-part book. Or multi-part. Oh, it's a multi-volume multi book. I think it's a trilogy, but I don't know. Yes. I did like some of the technology that the aliens had. Mm -hmm. But... And then, but that's all I've got to say about it. I don't want to say any more because I don't want to spoil it if anybody else wants to read it. Well, well I, Sherry? I kind of we'll felt, I actually read all three books in the trilogy. Um, but the second and third book, I, I read like maybe two or three hours and then skimmed through the rest because I was just oh. curious. Um, there's a lot of environmental stuff in here that I thought was really interesting with the spore cloud and mm -hmm. what it does to earth. I thought that was a really interesting part. And in the second book, they do go to the aliens planet. So that's kind of interesting. And in the third part, they come back to earth and there's a, a time, unexpected time displacement of 28 years. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I th one thing I liked about it is she's not afraid to kill off people that you might like. <laughs> did you find that, Marshall? <laughs> Unexpectedly. I didn't. Know. Well, they did kill off the one. Her friend did, and a, a couple. People. And one of her, one of her coworkers was yeah. killed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I that that was bad. But no, like I, I said, I had a lot of trouble with the first half of the book. 
Mm. Right until her son turned into an alien. I didn't find that too bad, but I can see, yeah, they did jump around a lot. She has three kids. One's an environmental extremist. One's a border patrol extremist. And they have the usual yahoos that want to kill the aliens and blame every the aliens for bringing the spore cloud and all that kind of stuff, too. But, you know, that's pretty realistic, so you got to include those yahoos. And her third son's an alien, it sounds like, from what Marshall said. Well, he... The aliens are looking, they claim they were removed from Earth tens of thousands of years ago. And so they evolved on another planet. So they are different, but they're still human. So they use DNA to try to find their kinfolk when they come back to Earth. And he is one of them. And if you are one of them, then What do these spores do to Earth, anyway? Well, that we can't say too much. That oh, nobody sure. knows what they're going to do. Yeah, okay. And then what they end up doing wasn't what was expected. And um, that's I found that interesting. Did you, Marshall, find what the results of the spore interesting? I didn't think there was that much of an effect. But I, I am afraid I had to skip a few parts, too. Ah, okay. I didn't skip in the first book, but the second and third, yeah. I yeah. noticed that they were having an awful lot of trouble with the biology of the spores trying to figure out what they would do mm -hmm. because they couldn't find any test animals right? until towards the end. They finally got mice to be infected. Yeah, yeah. But that, they never, I don't think I ever heard, remember anything about humans. Yeah, it's sort of a mixed bag. And in the second and third book, it, one thing that's interesting is on the third book especially there's a colony of people that live on the land and don't kill animals and stuff and reject all kinds of violence and war but then one of the other one of the guy's brothers is uh, in the military and his attitude is well if it wasn't for us you'd be wiped out by it because there's now there's all these warring factions on earth and that's kind of an interesting dichotomy they both had their their good points and bad points so I, I thought it was okay. I, I don't know that I'd strongly recommend it, but it was it was good. I'm not sorry I read it. Sherry, I wanted to ask you. Um, I'm I'm really a fan. I not in some ways of Robin Cook. Uh -huh. I don't like sometimes the way the plot goes into a lot of fast action. Mm -hmm. But I like the feeling that there is some you know there is some um, science. Mm -hmm. it, it kind of it, it, does the science seem plausible to you or yes. Yes, okay. yeah, I thought okay. that was interesting. The environmental results of the spore cloud, um, what it does to animals and humans, and uh, the results of an ant. Well, yeah, I could just hate to give too much away, but yeah, I thought that no, was it sounds good. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of personality details and stuff too, and I, I, I thought it was quite readable. Yeah, mm. no, it sounded kind of philosophical as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who's the author? Nancy Kress, K-R-E-S-S. -S. She's a pretty good writer. I mean, you get this feeling when you read her that she's very articulate and she has a good yeah. you know, command of her language and stuff. Though she seems a little hard sometimes. I don't mean yeah. hard and I don't mean difficult, like hard. Like You know what I mean? Like she has a, a hardness about her person or something. I can't describe it exactly, but there's a bit of a, I don't know, cynicism or something sometimes that I... She's been around for a couple of decades. Her writing. Oh, yeah. she's been around since the 70s. God. Yeah. yeah. She used to, I've read her in, As, in Asimov's way all the way back into the 80s, early 80s. 
She's been around, yeah. She was married to um, um, Charles Sheffield, I believe, for, and then he passed away. He anyway, he did that that series. That what was that series? It was Beggars and Choosers. Beggars in Spain. <laughs> beggars and Choosers. Yeah, that was her. But the sleepless. Yeah, they they didn't sleep, and they were ostracized by society, and they were. Oh yeah, I saw that. And then they, I don't know what happened to them after that. I think they went into orbit or something. I didn't read it all. And I think Sheffield did a series for younger, for young, like high school. Jupiter, the edu higher education at Jupiter. Yeah, I like the. I read the first two, but I don't think Bard had any more. They were kind of interesting. Yeah, they weren't bad. I remember it was quite a while ago, though, but I read at least one of them. I know I read a couple. They were interesting. Yeah. I wish you'd have written more. Well, if you're curious, yeah. Marshall, you'll have to email me and I'll send you what happens in book two and three. <laughs> well, maybe I'll look at books two and three. But like I said, I got so turned off by the first part of the book. Uh-huh. Um, and just because it... It wasn't long enough. I mean, I can stand switching back and forth, but I I'd like it to be last a little longer than it seemed to. Yeah, these real fast, it's like jump cuts in a movie or something, or a video. Yeah. A video, it's like you have to keep the short attention span people, you know, awake. Well, it's interesting because once the guy actually gets, develops as an alien, develops into one of the aliens, she switches to a long uh -huh. format. The viewpoint uh -huh. isn't changing anymore. Yeah, I guess there's no way to figure out why the authors choose to do the things the way they do unless you can ask them. It's too uh -huh. bad they couldn't have two narrators um, if there were two points of views. Excuse so. me, I interrupt. Sure. Yeah. Can, I, can I be heard? You yes. can be heard. Okay, I had to restart my computer because I kept talking and nobody was hearing me. Nobody, no, we couldn't. Oh, okay, I'm back. Oh, oh no, we can hear you. We, were we can hear you that. now. Yeah, I heard you left the meeting. Oh, no. But no, no, we, we, we never we heard could, a word. We, no, yeah. I, no, I noticed that you left, so I, I figured you may have been having computer blues. It yeah. would show up that you left, and then it, you'd come yeah. back on, and then it would, you'd yeah. leave again. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to, uh, well, um, I might have to look at those. I just read a, a novella by her in a, an anthology, but that wasn't what I came to talk about, so I won't mention that. But uh, but it was quite good. Um, anyway, um, well, who wants to go next? Do you want to? Well, as long as you're hearing me now, I may as well. You want to go? You want to jump in before you you have a problem <laughs> before your computer goes out? Yeah, may as well. And I hope I can stick around anyway because I my stomach is feeling a bit sick. Mm. Um, anyway, I wanted to tell you about Necropath by by Eric Brown. I know that name. It is book one of the um, Bingo Station series, meaning that there must be sequels, but it gets pretty wrapped up with no cliffhangers at the end. Well, no big cliffhangers, so I guess it can be read as one novel. It is about a, well, it's about several things, but the main character, I suppose, is a telepathic cop in this future 
it is apparently found out that some people do have a talent for telepathy and if they get a certain implant into their head that enhances it and they are then really good telepaths uh, this cop is called a necropath because that was his original job as a telepath he worked for the Canadian police and his job was to show up after a murder and read the dead person's mind. There was apparently residual thoughts or something like that around. And he just couldn't last in it. It was too hard on him because every time he read a dead person's mind, it was full of terror and uh, usually a lot of pain and mm. stuff like that. After all, the person was being murdered. So he quit that job and moved to the Bengal station. Now, for a long time while I was reading this book, I was under the impression that Bengal station was a space station. But it's not. It is a space port, and aliens land there to conduct business on Earth. But it is an artificial island in the Indian Ocean, and it is mostly inhabited by um, Southern Asians, and it has a population of millions. But the whole thing is a, the main purpose of it is a space port, and um, it's all artificial. Now, for a while there, it looked like the author was using a science fiction setting to tell a story about modern-day Southern Asian sex trafficking because it does, a couple of characters are prostitutes who were forced into the business by the fact, well, they were sisters and their father died. They were sisters in Thailand. Their father was a farmer and he died and left them in a lot of debt and they didn't have any skills so they had to get into it and they get involved with the sex traffickers who, by the way, recruit other uh, prostitutes by buying them from their parents or kidnapping them or what have you. And it follows their lives for some time. By the way, there are space aliens who come in who are interested in paying for sex and they, these prostitutes really prefer alien customers because actually the tendrils slithering over their bodies feel kind of good while if humans tend to get a bit violent in fact one of the sisters said that when she was um, dealing with human customers she could count on getting beat up about once every two days and in fact it was one of those beatings that left her with a big scar across her face which ended up making her not so attractive to humans. But the aliens didn't care. But the trouble is there was a change in the business relationships that Earth had with the aliens, meaning that they weren't coming to, well, Thailand is where she was based at the time. They weren't coming to Thailand. And she didn't have too much, many customers left. So her boss, um, just kind of turned her out on the street and said, 
I can't afford <clears throat> to keep um, women who are too old or too disfigured. And she's in big trouble then. So she moves from Thailand to the Bengal station where you have this telepathic cop who is investigating the sex traffic. And as a matter of fact, it turns out that really the sex trafficking is not the main subject of the book. It just seems like it for the, a very substantial way into it. Um, but it does segue into a certain young woman from a, an Earth colony planet, shows up at Bengal Station. She has been brought there against her will, and it sounds like her father has sold her into prostitution, but no, that isn't exactly what happens either. She's the so-called chosen one. There happens to be a religion that is called the Church of the Adoration of the Chosen One. And about every two years, they choose a different chosen one and virtually worship her. And this is the one who's being worshipped this cycle. It turns out there are reasons that the cycle is only two years. The whole religion seems to be based on kind of a communion where they take a drug which really spaces them out and it's highly addictive. And it seems that even though the Chosen One is kind of a stand-in object for worship, their real worship is something kind of like God's that turns out to actually be space aliens too, which get people all involved in the religion and totally dedicated to it and addicted to the drugs. And then every two years, it's time for the alien to feed. Um, yeah, when you join this religion, you end up being alien food. Oh. <laughs> so in any case, the cop finds out all of this kind of stuff while investigating um, what's going on. One of the two sisters, actually they had originally split up so that one was on the Bengal station and the other one was in Thailand. And when the Thailand uh, sister got fired by her boss who kept the prostitutes, she went to Bengal station looking for her sister. But by then her sister had been thoroughly addicted to drugs and ended up um, dying. So she, uh, by the time she got there, her sister was already died, dead. But she did end up hooking up with this telepathic cop. And the cop has turned his investigation from uh, sex trafficking to uh, this religion. In fact, there's one point where he actually takes a trip to the planet that the Chosen One originally came from to talk to her father. And her father was very closed mouth and he wore a block blocking device to keep the telepath from reading his mind. And since the telepath couldn't think of any reason why this guy on this backwoods planet 
would want to keep such secrets from him. After all, he couldn't read every little thing, single thought anyway. He, he, but he got very suspicious of the father. But he comes back to Earth. And by the way, it spends no time describing the space travel or anything. I don't know how they're moving around from star to star. But um, he comes back to Earth and comes back to Bengal Station. And he ends up, um, I guess this ends up too much of a spoiler because there are a couple of so-called gods left. He ends up killing one of the gods. And that causes a real mess for him. But it just kind of winds down the way. And like I said, everything does seem to be tied up, but there are two of those god creatures living on Earth. So I guess that opens up room for a sequel. One is in Madrid and the other one is in New York. But like I said, all this action takes place in either Thailand or uh, Bengal Station. So I don't know what's going to happen in the next sequel. But... Um, I, yeah, I, I will comment on this. I usually do not like it too well when they throw telepathy and psi powers and stuff like that into science fiction. But I think this one handles it pretty well. It's not just somebody... It's not like he has just supernatural powers. His powers have to be augmented by a, an implant with wires and computer chips and all that kind of stuff in it and it it is a, you know it's assuming that the that fantastic proposition is a manifestation of the reality rather than of the supernatural so it works pretty well and even even if we let the telepathy out the story itself was it was enough to keep one's interest and it would still be science fiction. So, there you have it. Necropath by Eric Brown. May I That's a book here? Or? Please. Go ahead, Marshall. Um, if I drop offline, we seem to be having a thunderstorm moving in, so mm -hmm. if I lose power, I'll probably lose my phone. Just a right. second. Is Necropath on board or on the bookshare? That was on Bard. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. Yep. There's a lot of weather going around. Ma uh, yeah, that actually, I know that guy, but I might be thinking of another Brown, Frederick. There's two Browns. That yep. I know. Fre Frederick Brown is an old-time science fiction writer. Yeah. I, I can't say that I'm really familiar with this Eric Brown until I read this book, although the name sounds vaguely familiar. But mm -hmm. I think I think he's probably more recent than Frederick Brown, mm -hmm. is from, who is from way back. Yeah. Well, uh, hmm. David, or Lissy, Jenny? Yeah, I can go. I'm going to keep mine short because I want to have you discover the plot points in this particular book um, for yourself. Okay, the name of the book is Severance, 
Kevin Severance Pay. And uh, I had to think how to spell that, S-E-V-E-R-A-N-C-E. You all knew that, of course. And the author's name, she's Chinese-American. And she actually teaches literature, or no, writing. Um, But the author's name is very easy to remember, L-I-N-G. And the last name is the first name, Ling. And the last name is Ma, M-A. And... um, this book is in the unfolding um, and the writing, I think. The writing is um, very, very good, I think, and very vivid. And um, the science in the book, it, it's a post-apocalyptic. The science in the book is um, kind of um, just hinted at what, but we meet our heroine and she is working in Manhattan. Again, Manhattan, always fascinating in a way. Manhattan is, and the whole world it looks like, is gradually having a zombie apocalypse. I've heard they call that. And what's happening is, um, and they don't, and, and again, as you read the book, you think, what will happen? This Candace is the main protagonist. And we see it through her eyes, mostly. And um, she is continuing to hang on to her role in a corporation. It's not a very meaningful job. I think she was, I can't remember, she studied something else, but she's um, putting together specialty Bibles, which is a kind of um, a routine job, but she's hanging on. And um, as an, you know, as an immigrant, child of immigrants, she very much wants to, you know, uh, continue to do well. And okay, so what's happening then is all around us, we're seeing a pandemic. I think it's called Shen Fever. And um, they only hint at the origin of this contagious disease. Our heroine seems, to, the main protagonist seems to be immune. So she's observing what seems to be a collapsing Manhattan. Um, you have, um, and she creates the atmosphere very well. Um, and what you have is a kind of, uh, the Shen Fever results in people becoming zombies in a very non-dangerous but horrifying way. Um, You know, the book's been called The Critique of Capitalism a little bit. Okay, these people are turned into shells that do mechanical, repetitious things. Now, let me give you a couple examples. Um, She observes at the gap, there's a woman who's basically physically falling apart because of the disease process and not eating or drinking it, but she is mechanically folding sweaters at the gap over and over and over. You know, needlessly, meaninglessly, she's kind of a machine, okay? And then in another scene, there's many of these scenes, um, another person who has, you know, come down with Shen fever is, um, she she sets the fam- table for the family dinner, you know, cutlery, all the stuff. Everybody sits down. Then she stacks the plates, they get up, and then she, um, you know, does it again. So um, or maybe hundreds of times. So the question is, how will this proceed? What will happen to the main protagonist who seems to be immune? You know, how quickly will the, um, you know, what's going to happen to the dwindling population? Um, there's very vivid pictures of, um, I guess, consumerism. All these consumer goods are unguarded and people are, you know, helping themselves to these things, um, which, you know, um, doesn't have much meaning for them. But, and then Candace is holding on to her job, 
so it's it's just um it's been called a critique of capitalism in the 21st century um and it but i i would say there's a lot you know you don't want something dry this is very suspenseful very well written and it hits at some other things there's some other philosophical philosophical things here but it's it's um i would recommend it because at bottom line it was really uh enjoyable to read really fast paced and really well written so i didn't want to give away too many plot points and that's it where's that on that is on bard and oh, okay. it is um it's again it's severance and yeah. um so that's that's and that's it and that's all i have for that right now okay Alan, has has Liz gone? Has is Liz gone or not? No. No, yes? I'm still here. I'm still here. Have you talked yet? I have not talked yet. No. I say lady. I say ladies first. So. <laughs> okay. I'm from the south. Remember, so yeah. So, uh, yeah. Gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Um. I read this series. A couple years ago, it's the News Flash by Mira Grant. Has anyone heard of it? Nope. Okay. It's it uh, starts with a uh, an act of ecoterrorism in 2014 um, that started this whole chain of events into um, being, and the the story picks us up about 30 years into what's considered you know a zombie apocalypse thing. However, it starts off uh, by an act of ecoterrorism where a half-tested uh, vaccine that they feel confident will, will cure the common cold is released and it mutates with the vaccine that kills cancer or that cures cancer. And essentially what it does is it creates this, this hybrid, va uh, hybrid, hybrid virus that... Uh, basically kills people but won't really let them die because it kills them and then brings them back to life as zombies. The book is full of political intrigue because there's all kinds of nefarious factions um, trying to get access to the vaccine and there's the, it, the central characters in it are um, Georgia Mason who is um, a reporter, uh, blogger, uh, she's kind of the she she reports the hard news, so she goes after these uh, corrupt you know people and, and tries to expose truth about what's actually going on with with uh, uh, the environment. Her brother is uh, works with her. He's they, those two and their friends are the the central characters. Um, there's four four novels in the series. The first one is called Feed, F-E-E-D. But then there's a book called Rise, because as the series was being unfolded, she would come out with these little novellas that, that were spaced in between the major released novels. So um, Rise is a, a compilation of all the little novellas with the addition of two. Um, and... I actually liked those. They're yeah, two to four hours stories each, but they, they cover either some backstories of, like the uh, backstories of how the virus actually started or the people who were developing the vaccines and how they were uh, basically sought out and murdered. Um, it gives you backstories that also the, the last um, 
entry in that book of rise completes the series. Um, but there's, there's, you know, everybody's after Georgia because they discover that she, okay. What's interesting kind of is Georgia has a form of blindness that is um, caused by the, vac- the the hybrid vaccine that would normally create a zombie. She has somehow is- her, her body has isolated in her eyes. So she's now immune to the virus and they're, they're after her for cloning purposes and to use her as a cure. So it's very interesting, very well written. Um, I enjoyed it. it. They've got it all on Bard now. Again, when it first came out, it was on, um, it was on, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Audible. But it's all on Bard now. And uh, uh, yeah, I just, I enjoyed it. It was a different take on the zombie apocalypse. I mean, the zombie, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of mention, you know, a lot of, uh, um, um, references to pre uh, pre outbreak television shows about zombies and movies and and uh, there's a, uh, she points out like the Georgia and Georgette and you know variations of um, because George um, and I'm you know it's I know his name. Oh, the guy who did a lot of zombies. George R. R. Martin? No. No, 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 not no. that George. A different no. one. George. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, oh gosh, I know who you mean. I know, and I was just reading it this afternoon <sighs> to refresh my brain. Uh, uh, guy that did the movies. Is it George yeah. Romero? Yes, George, George Romero. Romero. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. So there's there's a lot of homages to George Romero and his stuff. It's it, it's fun, but it's also thrilling. It's also, and they've got it classed as science fiction horror. And um, supernatural, but I guess I just don't think of it as being supernatural because the zombies are they're there's there's you know scientific reason that they are that way. It, it's not a supernatural thing. I, I don't see it as that, but it's interesting and it's fun. Liz, can I ask you? Um, it sounds interesting. I forget the the title of the. I forget the author's the first, name. Oh, Mira M I R A. Grant, B-R-A-N-T. Uh-huh. Now, she's got a different name. That's the name she's writing under this series, though. And I can't remember what her other name is, but it, if you look up Mira Grant, you'll find her. She's also And the first a, book is, is Feed. Feed, yeah. Feed F-F-E-E-D. Mm-hmm. And then again, in the book Severance, there was a scientific basis, too, for the zombies, but they, it was very much hinted at, but it was kind of like some kind of um, pharmaceutical experiment gone wrong, but they didn't yeah, well, really dwell on that. Yeah, yeah, this, I think they get into that a little bit more. In fact, one of the stories in the book Rise is, again, it really covers specifically the development and the release of the um, virus that ends up merging with the cancer cure and creating this really bad thing. Okay. Well, can I can I go next? Sure. Well, uh, I got I'm getting real aggravated with this iPhone app and this Zoom stuff. So, uh, I, it seems like I'm getting knocked out more times than I should, and it wouldn't let would not let me back in. So I'm on the computer now. So, uh, oh, I was uh, thinking about switching. Well, I mean, I, I, when the app works, it's great. It's really accessible uh-huh. and stuff. But it's just it, it seems like it's having some some issues. Either that or my Wi-Fi is having issues. I don't know which. First of all, I want to say uh, I read Roger's book last month, The Down Home Zombie Blues, and really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big uh, sucker for romances, and if it's an alien involved, it just makes it better. So that was, uh, 
that was that was a nice nice book, Roger. Thank you for rec- for suggesting that last month or for talking about it. Uh, now the, did you, the other did you find other, it really good. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I can't say it was great writing and stuff, but I, I, yeah, I, I've read it for entertainment. And it was entertaining, so. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I thought it wasn't really all that bad for a romance, but romance doesn't have a reputation for being um, at the tip top of literary quality. And I right, thought right. this was yeah. an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it was it was entertaining, and it, and it wasn't too bad. Not nearly as bad as the junk I read for tonight. So, uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. And I apologize for the people that came to bank with the books. Cause I'm gonna talk about the same stuff I did there, but. Uh, I'm a big fan of Greg Hurwitz, who writes a, a lot of thrillers and, and mystery kind of stuff. And I was perusing through Bard the other day, just through all of his books, since I knew they had a bunch I hadn't read. And I saw that there were a couple of, uh, he had a couple of science fiction ones listed there. Uh, and I thought, really? Uh, that doesn't sound like him. But it was, and this was the worst of it. It was for senior high and older readers. So I don't. I don't know what kind of tripe senior high folks were reading these days, but these books were just, they were, they were like comic books kind of, uh, uh, they just, uh, I, I can't really recommend them, but, uh, but having said that, I read the first one's called the Rains R A I N S. That's the last name of these two brothers. And the second one is called last chance. Of course I had to read the second one to find out what happened to all these people. But, uh, uh, it, the the story opens. These guys live in a place called Creeks Calls, and they're like they're like ranch brothers. They they, they live on a ranch uh, in, in a small town, and these pods, these meteorites hit the earth, and these pods grow up on this one guy's farm, and they end up dusting this farmer, and he ends up having some kind of growth in his stomach like he's pregnant he he walks out of his shower one night uh in front of his kids he's stark naked he walks out of the shower climbs up to the top of a water tower and blows up and then disperses all this uh these spores or or pollen or something out of his body and it's it's the way these aliens take over uh earth because they they send all this stuff over and the first thing it does is it transforms everybody that's 18 years or older. Their eyes fall out and they become these kind of automatons that are controlled by some force somewhere else. Then they send them out mapping the earth so that they can get a complete picture of what, you know, the various parts of the earth. And that's the males that are the mappers. The females are the chasers. They, they're like horribly fast and, and, terrible and stuff so i mean i don't know what these kids are growing up doing these days i don't know if it's from playing video games or what but man they they must love this zombie crap and stuff because there, there's people dying right and left in this book it's just killing upon killing upon killing and it's uh uh way over the top i mean it's just oh it's it's horrible it, it's just horrible and i you know i i, I mean i I like the story that at least beats. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I mean, science fiction. I don't know how how, how you can say it's realistic, but you, know, you, you want it to at least kind of be adult, you know, and and and, and be well written and stuff. This was just like this was like a comic book. It was horrible, but uh, uh, at, at, at the end of the day, after after they kill all these things, I mean, uh, uh, what they're 
when when you turn eighteen, I mean, a bunch of these kids get together and, and they band at the local high school, and they're all under eighteen because they find out one of them has a birthday. She turns eighteen, and she transforms right in front of them. And of course, her eyes fall out, and then she's she's trained to have to kill her right then. And then, uh, so I mean, they're gathering information as they go to figure out what to do, and and, and it turns out the two brothers were actually. Uh, They've got some kind of code in them because uh, th their embryos were implanted at a uh, at an embryo place for people that that are having problems uh, with fertility and stuff, and they they've been specially coded by another uh, another race that this this alien nation had taken over to to, to be a weapon against these people down the road. So. Uh, that's what makes these two brothers special. So, uh, the, uh, I mean, it all ends up in a nice, neat bow and everything. But it's, it, it's, it, it's quite a, it's quite a an, an adventure getting there, and it's uh, not not very entertaining. But uh, that's that's all I got to say about it. Uh, the first book's called The Rains. The second book's called Last Chance. Cause the, Where are those know, at? They're on board. They're on board. They're both oh, on board. Okay. They're by Greg Greg Hurwitz, H U R W I T Z, and uh, uh, Chance is the name of the younger brother. That's why the second novel is called Last Chance. Well, but, uh, let let me put my biology degree to use here. Um, when you described the guy who climbs the tower and then explodes, spreading spores. Yeah. I think I know exactly where the author must have got that because there's something like that happens. Stephen King? In, now, I'm, I'm talking about in real life. No. There oh. is a spider that gets infested by a parasite, and the parasite pretty much takes over the spider and controls its behavior and directs its behavior especially toward letting the parasite reproduce. The spider, once it is infected, starts um, changing the way it uh, weaves its web and turns its web into something like a tower. As it um, as the infection progresses, the spider's behavior becomes more and more erratic, but always directed toward helping the parasite reproduce. And at the end, the spider climbs the tower it has made and sits there and well pretty much explodes to spread the parasite spores around oh, so there you go. i think that's where the author got that that's real life now okay <laughs> and he may have i mean there's some scenes one of their teachers uh it has got multiple sclerosis and apparently this spore attacks the white matter of of the brain and stuff so his brain's been damaged enough from his ms that he's not affected by this thing, so it's it's this guy and all these kids are banded together in this local high school. But he he explains some stuff along the way, and, and he may have actually even referenced that that spider you're talking about. They they reference a couple of things that actually happens in nature that's along the same lines of what's happening to to them. So I mean, it, it's not totally. I mean, Greg Hurwitz is not an idiot. I mean, the the guy's pretty smart. I mean, he write. I mean, he does write comic books too, but he, he's written a lot of novels. So. Uh, uh, and he's written a screenplay. Well, and sometimes smart people write stuff to a market, you know. Right, right. Yeah, no, and I mean, I, I think my biggest complaint about it, is I think it's designed for, for, for younger kids and stuff, and it's, uh, you know, maybe they, maybe they would like it, but it, it's, 
I'm, I'm, I guess I'm getting too old for stuff like that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, having said that, I read I read two of the books. One of them was like nine and a half hours, and the other one was like eight hours and change. So oh, I, man. I, You're yeah. really, what are you, a masochist or what? I guess so. But anyway. Oh, dear. Yeah, but, well, uh, David. It's your turn. I don't have a lot to say because I hadn't read any good science fiction recently. I'd read some young adult stuff, and it's okay, but it's sort of formulaic and predictable. I did want to mention, of all people, and this is the second time I've seen this happen in a series. This series is by Mercedes Lackey, who's normally a fantasy writer, and the books were Haunted, Elite, and Apex. I'm wondering if anybody has come across anything like this where the, the world uses science this world is post-apocalyptic of course we have to do that and um they have vid screens and little um they, they wear on their arm like little co screen uh, calm screens they can talk to each other they have you know fancy ways of flying and their cities are all protected by high-tech stuff but the hunters fight um, beings that belong in fantasy. It's like they crisscross the genre. And I wondered if, if that's become popular. Eric Van Lusbader did it in his series that he left hanging in the middle of the series. The, yeah, the, that pearl. The pearl. Yeah, it's got, a, it's got a, a scientific race, conquers a race that lives on a planet where magic works. They've crisscrossed the genres. That's a weird way to do it because the two genres to me are really hard to mix. They don't they don't work on the in the same way to me, and this this was interesting in the sense that she did it, you know. And it's one of the few times I've seen. I guess it's techno fantasy, for lack of a better word. Mm. It's weird. Mm. And mm -hmm. it was well. lackey, haunted, elite, and apex. If anybody wants to check out techno, whatever it's called. They, so. Didn't they just go up recently? Yes, I thought you did. You read them all? Like I'm finishing the la the third one tonight. Oh, you so you read them pretty quickly because I yeah. could have sworn I just saw them last yeah. week. Yeah, and they looked, and it was kind of interesting to see the whole thing go up at the same time. Mm -hmm. I like being able to read back to back because it keeps you keep better track of the series because some series I read and there's a year between them and <laughs> I'll read them and I'm debating do I want to go back and reread the first one or not because sometimes yeah. the author doesn't catch you up you know they figure you just better go back and read it yourself oh I did a book for Bookshare it was a six book series Oops. and even the table of contents it was like one long novel the table of contents started like part six part seven you know in the subsequent books and there was no backstory at all it was just like one really long novel broken up into six books and if you didn't read the first one you would be totally lost there's no way you could start in the middle on that um luckily i had the same proofreader for all six so that was uh john c wright's uh count to infinity series it was very good but uh anyway I did a uh, book for Bookshare that it got approved uh, just a couple weeks ago, and I'll be short because it's getting on towards, and I don't know, uh, people might be getting, I don't know if people are getting tired, but um, it was just approved a couple weeks ago, and it's completely different from what I did last month because the book I did last month, which, uh, Sherry, if you're still here, you might actually like. Um, yeah. If you like Peter Hamilton, you might like this Ian M. Banks book called The Algebraist. It's a big, long space opera with really weird aliens and um that's on bard and on bookshare what was his uh, name what was the author's name again? his name's banks ian m banks okay 
some of his stuff can be rather violent and unhappy endings, but this one isn't that bad. So, and it's not part of his culture. But anyway, this is completely different. This is a short book. It's published by Scholastic. It doesn't say for younger readers anywhere on it, but I think it is. Uh, but it was pretty good. I like this kind of book. It's called Born Into Light by Paul Samuel Jacobs. And it's about, briefly, it's about, this takes place in New England uh, before World War I. It's told, uh, it's told by the guy as an old man in, in the 1980s, which was when the book was published in 1988, which is why I was able to put it on, on Bookshare. Scholastic's doing a lot of their books for Bookshare now. Um, but they didn't get this one. So, uh, so it's back in the early 1910s, and he's a boy in New England, and he's got a sister, and they see this blazing light in the woods not too far from their house, and out runs this creature. And, he's, and they're surprised to look and notice that he looks fully human. But he's like wild, you know, they speculate, you know, was he raised, one of those humans raised by wolves or whatever, and, but uh, that's not quite how it happened. He, he is wild, and he doesn't know anything about how to eat or how to, but he learns very quickly, and then they find another one, that, and it turned out later that there were a bunch of these that landed, and uh, they uh, are in different parts of the country, um, even in the world, but um, they, um, the story starts out with just these two, and their mother, who their father passed away, and their mother adopted this boy, and um, there's a doctor in town who, you know, examines them and thinks he may not be anything more than an imbecile, but, he, but, but they discover within a few weeks that he can learn very quickly, and he learns how to eat, and and he learns how to talk, and he goes to school, and then the girl that they find, you know, later, um, she goes to school also and learns very quickly, but their health is not very good. They seem to age very quickly. I'm not spoiling anything because it tells you that, you know, on the dust jacket. Um, and um, so... Eventually, they go to school, and he, the, the boy's name is Ben, that's the name they give him, and he's very uh, capable, and he can be very physically strong, you know, he fights with a bully, and, you know, and then the bully changes his, has a change of heart and becomes nice to them, but everything he does that really is taxing, he has to recover from. He has to, you know, it takes him, like, he has to rest for a long time, and he can even get sick. And, but then they, um, his brother, his name's Roger, and he, uh, they go to a boarding school because they, you know, they're, they're, well, Ben is even more gifted, and Roger's a good student, so his, their new father, who's the doctor, he marries the mother who's lost her husband, and they put, send them to a boarding school because they, uh, they can't learn that much from the local, you know, schoolhouse anymore. And then they go to Harvard, and um, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but um, the boy, uh, they, there's another boy there who's also very capable, and they think he might be another one of these people who landed. 
And so they go to school, they go to Harvard, and he gets his degree and starts writing, you know, he gets his majors in astronomy and gets, Ben gets a good reputation. And then he starts searching for other people like him. He doesn't really know, you know, what he's here for or anything. And so he starts searching for other people, but he's got an idea. And I'm not going to say too much about the ending, but... Um, so he writes to a lot of people and tries to gather them together for something special in New England and some of them won't come and some of them are, you know, some of them didn't turn out as well. They, they either, their, their health is really bad or they weren't, they were put in insane asylums because they, you know, when they landed, they, they couldn't do anything for themselves. So they were considered to be, um, actually, actually how they found the girl that, that they took in later she was in the local insane asylum and because somebody found her and brought her there because she couldn't do anything for herself and they thought she was just a, you know an idiot and couldn't learn anything and so anyway they have this big gathering near the end of the book and uh i don't think i'll say any more than that but um it's it's a really interesting book uh, i you know as i said it's different from what i did last time it's it's very short and it's uh you know right here in, at uh on earth and uh it's about the these people that come to earth and they seem to be human they actually ben uh marries roger's sister and they do have children who are seem to be to blend the best traits of both ben and charlotte charlotte's the name of the sister that uh, roger has that marries ben and so um, they, they seem to be extremely capable children. Uh, in addition, they don't have all the health problems that, that Ben and Nell, Nell's the other girl they took in, and a lot of the other people who landed did. So um, anyway, it's called Born Into Light. If you want something short and you know, simple and entertaining and... Um, it, you know, mildly interesting. You might want to get that. I just put it on Bookshare last a couple weeks ago, so it's up there ready for downloading. So uh, that's it for this month for me. Is anybody here? Yep. Yes. Yep. I'm here. Oh, just checking. Yep. I didn't put you to sleep. <laughs> the next Science Fiction Club meeting will be on Thursday, July 11th. One week after Fourth of July, two thousand nineteen. Okay. So I hope we get as good a turnout this time as we did today, because this uh, next that's time the week of the conventions. Oh, yeah. that is. Yeah. It might yeah. be a bad one. Yeah, I'm gonna be in. Well, you know, it's Zoom conference. We can always schedule a different time. We don't have to stick with this time because you know we always had to because of the talking communities, and so we kind of got into the habit. But we don't have to. Yeah, we can we can choose a different time and have a meeting. Maybe uh, you could this move stuff. ahead a week, or I mean, to the eighteenth. We oh, could, yeah. if people, if people, if that's the consensus, we can do it. That might yeah. be easier for people. Yeah, that might. Yeah. All right. It sounds like we have a consensus for June eighteenth, two thousand and nineteen. Check with Bob because we, our one of our group leaders moved the meeting without checking, and it no, happened no, to nearly collide. What did he do? <laughs> did I hear June eighteenth as in five days from now? No, no, July. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say? Did I say June? I said June, and then oh. you took oh. it from there. So yeah, you're oh. right. July. Sorry. Yeah. 
Hurry up and get reading, Roger. It's, yeah, Roger, it's hurry it up. you got five days to come up with another book. <laughs> <laughs> July 18th. I'll check with Bob first, but I don't see, I mean, the whole reason we have one, not the whole reason, but one of the main reasons we have Zoom is because it's more flexible. Right. So we should be able okay. to have a meeting. So when, what day does the fantasy meet? Because they're the only other Thursday group. We're not a Thursday group anymore. We're a Wednesday group. Yeah, yeah. No, nobody else okay. meets on Thursday night. So right. So it should be fine. Yeah, it should be. Fine. Yeah, it should be. There's a radio thing, but that's it. Old time radio thing, and that's. I don't think we. I don't think that. that's. I think that's on a Wednesday too. All right, uh, but I'm going to say that that's the next meeting is most almost certainly going to be on July night, uh, 18th, this time. I oh, and I'm going to tell you all ahead of time so you can be thinking about it. I'm going to be traveling on August the 8th, which is would be the second thir Thursday in August. I won't be here to have the meeting. You can still have it. Obviously, Sherry was here before I got there. What so <laughs> else can show up if you want to? Or you can skip it, or we can have it at another day after I get back, or you guys can have the meeting as scheduled, whatever you I can, suppose can we think can about move it. I that to August 15th. You can think about it. Um, I, yeah, we can. You guys just be thinking about it. Um, we'll and decide, decide next what time. you want to do. So, okay, guys, uh, it's been a good meeting. I I like having all these people, and we certainly have a wide variety of books. You know, hard science and soft science fiction, and all kinds of stuff. So, that's really cool. Uh, 